from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. I hope y'all are having a good week so far. Counting down to the holiday yesterday, last night, second night of Hanukkah. Christmas Eve is only four short days away. And so a lot going on in our planet. We know that threat actors love this week. Uh, People are uh, paying less attention. People are in a hurry to get out to vacation. And so typically it's where we see a lot of activity. So you want to make sure you're doing a lot of reminding of folks uh, of, of things that could take place. Uh, in your organizations um, this week and next week um, if y'all are working uh, ahead of the new year and kind of getting into the new uh, uh, getting back to normal we're going to get right into this morning's show but please make sure to subscribe follow us on youtube twitter linkedin on your favorite podcast listening platform you can find us on instagram uh, uh, facebook everywhere Uh, you get your latest we're currently live on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Um, sorry, you, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And uh, uh, Rerun will be on the other platforms. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. A packed show this morning. We'll start with Foxit patching a code execution flaw in their PDF tool. For those who don't know who Foxit is, and not a lot of people do, they're kind of like an alternative to Adobe's PDF processing tools. They've um, kind of have like a, a PDF um, a solution as well. The vulnerability, which was discovered and reported by researchers at the Renmin University of China, could be exploited via rigged PDF files of web pages, according to the company. Uh, The uh, vulnerability itself uh, impacts only the Windows platform of the product product and affects Foxit PDF Reader uh, 12.0.2.12465 and earlier, and the Foxit Phantom PDF 10.1.7.37777 and earlier. It does not have a CVE identifier, but it has been patched, and they're urging everyone to go ahead and get that patched. Microsoft is detailing a gatekeeper bypass vulnerability in Apple Mac OS systems. The disclosed details of the now-patched security flaw in Apple's Mac OS could be exploited by an attacker to get around security protections imposed to prevent the execution of malicious applications. The shortcoming dubbed Achilles CVE 2022-42821 a CVSS score 5.5 was addressed by the iPhone maker and Mac OS Ventura 13, Monterey 12.6.2, and Bixer 11.7.2, describing it as a logic issue that could be weaponized by an app to circumvent gatekeeper checks. Gatekeeper bypasses such as this could be leveraged as a vector for initial access by malware and other threats and could help increase the success rate of malicious campaigns and attacks on Mac OS, according to Jonathan Baol the Microsoft 365 Defender Research team. So this has been patched. If you haven't updated your macOS systems, you definitely want to make sure to do that. This will be taken advantage of in the wild, um, and you don't want to be a victim of it. This story, actually, very, very interesting from a whole slew of reasons. One, we as security work very hard with DevOps, with engineering, on making sure that we pick up the right packages and get them as part of the development process. Well, threat actors obviously know the same things we do. In this one, a malicious Sentinel-1 PyPy package is actually sealing data from developers. Now, I will stop and say this package has been removed. It wasn't active for very long. I think only less than a week in total. But they've 
threat actors published a malicious Python package on PyPy named Sentinel-1 that pretends to be the legitimate SDK client for the cybersecurity firm. In actuality, it's stealing data from developers. The package offers the expected functionality, which is easily accessing the Sentinel-1 API from within another project. However, the package has been trojanized to steal sensitive data from compromised developer systems, essentially allowing threat actors to get access into the code and potentially plant back backend uh, backdoor access. And by the way, they can overcome Sentinel-1 because they can essentially get the signature in there. This is really kind of sophisticated. Uh, the attack, which was discovered by the folks over at Reversing Labs, which confirmed the malicious functionality and reported it to PyPy, leading to the removal of the package. The malicious Sentinel-1 package was uploaded to PyPy for the first time on December 11th and was updated 20 times since then. The package is believed to be a copy of the actual Sentinel-1 SDK Python client. The threat actor performed the updates to improve and fix the malicious functionality of the package. Upon further analysis, uh, Reversing Labs found that the bogus Sentinel-1 package contains an API.py files with malicious code that steals and uploads data to an IP address which doesn't belong to the Sentinel-1 infrastructure. This malicious, co malicious code acts as an information-stealing malware, exports a variety of developer-related data from all of the home directories on the device. This data includes bash and ZSH histories, SSH keys, the .git get config files, hosted files, AWS configuration info, kube configuration info, and a whole lot more. Um, the analysts also discovered the early version of the bogus package had trouble running the data collection module on Linux systems, but that was also fixed. The package was available from December 8th to the 11th um, and has now been removed. It was downloaded over a thousand times in PyPy something. If you're on that end of the spectrum, you definitely want to make sure you check it out. The Rise Pro info stealer is increasingly popular among cyber criminals, and this is something to be on the lookout for, it, according to Flashpoint. Written in C++, Rise Pro harvests potential sensitive information from the compromised machine and then attempts to exfiltrate that and, and, and exfiltrate them as logs. Rise Pro is initially spotted on December 13th, featured on a cybercrime marketplace called uh, Russian Market, where cyber criminals upload and sell logs exfiltrated using stealers. According to Flashpoint, the malware appears to be based on the Viter Stealer, which has been analyzed several times in the past. A fork of the archive Stealer itself, Viter is known for downloading a series of dependencies and configuration settings from its command and control server. The Info Stealer was cracked in 2018, and several clones have been seen since. Rise Pro 2 was seen dropping dynamic uh, link library DLL dependencies uh, that Viter uses, and the malware analysis suggests that it's very likely a clone of it, However, there's also similarities with other information stealers out there. Uh, there's over 2,000 logs that have been exfiltrated according to RiceBro and something to keep your eyes on and actually share with your security operations team this morning. We'll move to a Quantum Computing Cybersecurity Act that's bipartisan, that's actually passed the Senate and now heads to Congress. Senator Portman and Senator Maggie Hassan have both announced that the Senate has passed their bipartisan Quantum Computing Cybersecurity Preparedness Act to strengthen national security by preparing the federal government defenses against quantum computing-enabled data breaches. It now goes to the House, and the bill was introduced by Nancy Mace and uh, Congressman Ro Kahana. Um, so what's in the bill itself, let's uh, look what it would do. It will actually require OMB to prioritize the acquisition and migration of federal agencies' IT to post-quantum cryptography, Instruct OMB to create guidance for federal agencies to assess critical systems one year after the NIST 
issues, plan post-quantum cryptography standards, and direct OMB to send an annual report to Congress that includes its strategy on how to address post-quantum cryptography risks, the funding that might be necessary, and analysis of a whole government coordination and migration of post-quantum cryptography standards and IT. So good to see this bipartisan bill actually make it through uh, both chambers. Uh, well, it's on its way to Congress now, um, where, where um, I have no doubt it will pass and will get signed in the law shortly. Um, Russia and Iran's turmoil has actually limited their meddling in the midterm elections here in the U.S., according to a new report. Um, U.S. agencies were on high alert uh, before the November vote for potential cyber attacks or foreign influence operations, particularly after adversaries were judged by intel agencies to have meddled in the last two presidential elections. But there was little sign of disruption in the midterms, according to Army uh, Major uh, General uh, William Hartman, he was surprised by a lack of activities that they saw from the Russians, Iranians, and the Chinese. They're all very busy with their own stuff. Russia is obviously very busy with the invasion in the Ukraine and what's going on there. Iran's got huge internal uprising and protests going on in the streets to this day. And China's protests um, um, have also uh, been keeping those uh, folks busy, which leads them to be a little less focused at the U.S. I also think credit where credit should be due. Social media platforms have gone really good at identifying these types of activities and limiting them as well. So their impact is less, and and hopefully this remains the trend going uh, into the future. But um, good work there. And finally, Russian hackers targeted a petroleum refinery in a NATO country during the war. The Russian-linked uh, Gamerdon uh, group attempted to unsuccessfully break into a large petroleum refining company within a NATO member state earlier this year amid the ongoing Russia-Ukrainian war. The attack, which took place on August 30th, is just one of multiple attacks orchestrated by the APT that was attributed to the Russia's uh, Federal Security Services, the FSB. Uh, Gamerdon was known by the monikers of Armageddon, uh, Iron Titan, and Primitive uh, Bear. Um, has a history of primarily going after Ukrainian entities and to a lesser extent NATO allies. Uh, as the conflict has continued on the ground and in cyberspace, Trident Nurse has been operating as a dedicated access creator and intelligence gatherer, according to Palo Alto's Unit 42. Uh, Trident Ursa remains one of the most pervasive and intrusive, continuously active and focused APT targeting Ukraine. Unit 42 continued monitoring of the group's activities has uncovered more than 500 new domains, 200 malware samples and multiple shifts in its tactics over the past 10 months in response to the changing and expanding priorities that Russia has. The attempt to disrupt the energy market by Russia is well known. They see that as leverage um, in order to uh, win over um, support and continue their fight in the Ukraine. Folks, that's it for our program this morning. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, Stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.